The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. On this week's podcast, we'll be joined by West Cork's latest all-star. Jewel player and St. Columns ace Libby Coppinger was named on the 2022 PWC Camogie All-Stars team on Saturday night, following a stellar season in the Rebels' defence. Cork were awarded four All-Stars from their 10 nominations and we caught up with Libby on her return from Kenya where she was taking part in the Plant to Planet Games. We're also chatting to Balanascarty hurling boss Joe Ryan who has been catching up with Matthew Hurley. Bal enjoyed an extremely successful season winning the Carberry Junior A title as well as reaching the county semi-final and we'll be looking back on the year with Joe, but Kieran, before we dive into those conversations, a quick roundup of some of the big West Cork sporting stories making the headlines this week. And first off, Cora's Brian O'Driscoll and Rory Dean of Bantry Blues have both been recalled to John Cleary's Cork senior football panel ahead of the 2023 season. Both players impressed with the Carberry footballers last season and will get their chance to prove they're deserving of inter-county conclusion, inclusion even, Kieran. So what do you make of this? Brian O'Driscoll and Roy Dean back in the fold. No surprise whatsoever when you consider just how good Brian and Rory were for, for Carby this year and even how, how influential Rory was with the Bantry team that got to the Premier Intermediate County football final. But it's, um, I can see what, like, what John Cleary is doing at the moment. He's putting together his jigsaw for 2023. He brought on Kevin Walsh from Galway as his football coach a couple of weeks ago. We saw last last week that Rob Heffernan is coming on board as a, as a performance coach as well. And now the panel is taking shape. And in Rory Dean and Brian O'Driscoll, you have two hugely experienced players. Looking at Rory first, it was really surprising that he was overlooked last season. He was a, an integral part of Cork teams for, for so many years. But for whatever reason... Rory never got the call to come back on board with Cork in 2022. So he, he sat that out. And I was chatting to Rory earlier in the year and he kind of said, just maybe he's, his chance with Cork has come and gone. But at 31 years of age, John Cleary has opened the door to Rory again. And I think it's important for Cork to get a, another experienced figure back in there because that's something that the Cork team probably has lacked, especially last season, those experienced players. Because I think Brian Hurley is the longest serving experienced player um, in that panel so to get someone like Rory back in there it's great for young fellas in the panel 
because Rory knows what it takes to play into county level and he's still a really good footballer and he still has a lot to offer. Um, with Brian O'Driscoll, first time back on the panel since 2018 and that's when Ronan McCarthy let him go. Um, talking to, to Brian O'Driscoll before, I think he'll put, put up his hand and he'll say that he made mistakes in his previous um, time as a as a Cork senior. If he could redo that time, there's probably things that, he, that he'd do differently. But he's put his shoulder to the wheel and put his head down the last couple of years of Ty McCorrig and, and Carberry. And he had a really, really good season this year. 2021, he captained Ty McCorrig to the West Cork Junior A and played out of his skin. This year, he stepped it up again. And he's only 28. And Brian O'Driscoll, if you can, if you can channel Brian O'Driscoll and get him playing the way you want him to play. He does a hell of a player there. I remember talking to Billy Morgan years ago for Peace for the Star, and he said that Brian is the, the potential to be one of the best players in the country. And that's come, coming from someone with Billy Morgan's expertise and knowledge. So Brian O'Driscoll is a top-class footballer. But what we need now is to see the best of Brian in a Cork jersey. And if John Cleary can do that, if John Cleary can get get Brian O'Driscoll at, at his best, he'll definitely be an asset for Cork next year. And you could see him slapping into that half-back line. Just on um, Rory Dean then for a second, because he was obviously, as you say, um, probably as surprised as any of the rest of us to be left off of last year's panel. But is there anything in the fact that that panel was originally picked by the previous Cork manager, Keith Ricken, and by the time John Cleary came in, he wasn't bringing any more changes. He just worked with the panel that he had. But this is John Cleary's first full season in charge, so he's using this as his opportunity to see as many players as he possibly can before he nails down his league and championship panel going into next year. 100%. Different coaches and different managers see different things in different players. And it'll be interesting to see what system John Cleary goes with for, for Cork in 2023. But obviously, he, he knows what Rory Dean can do. He, he's seen Rory Dean play for, for Cork and Bantry. And like I said, Rory was so so strong for both um, division and club this year. So obviously, John Cleary has a plan in his head where he thinks that Rory Dean will be an asset to the Cork football team next year. And that's why, why he's, he's brought him back in. So um, I'm just interested to see just interest, interested to see how this pans out because I think Rory could have had a role to play in the Cork team in 2022. And I wrote about it in a, in a star column earlier in, in the year that, OK, maybe Rory wouldn't be there at the end of the project, but he certainly has a role to play in terms of his experience, his know-how. He's been there, he's done that, and he's a... He's a very experienced figure, so I think it's a it's a good move to to, to bring Rory and Brian back in. But it's up to up to the two lads now to make the most of it and show Cork fans what they've been missing the last couple of years. Okay, then we're going to switch codes for a moment and look at the state of both Irish and Munster rugby. And in your column this week, you're focusing on the influence that Banding Grammar School has on both those. Setups. Obviously, we saw Jack Crowley emerging as one to watch during the autumn internationals. But what can you tell us about the, the Bandon grammar connection? It's something that just came to mind with Jack Crowley. He obviously figured for Ireland against Fiji in Australia last month at the autumn internationals. And Bandon Grammar School now have had three Ireland senior internationals in the last couple of years. Jack Crowley walked the corridors. Gavin Coombs is a former Bandon grammar student. And so is Darren Sweetenham who made his Ireland de- debut back in 2017 against Fiji. And when you connect the dots, Sweetenham, Coombs and Jack Crowley, it's no coincidence that all three, like I said, walked the corridors and they went through the, the school doors at Brandon Grammar. So I caught up with George Bradfield, who's the bursar at Brandon Grammar School, just to talk about the school's approach to rugby and how much pride they take in having three their, their past pupils go on to play for Ireland and 
how how branding grammar played a role in their development. So it's it's a very interesting piece. I think with with, with schools rugby like George is explaining to me, it's very very intense. And someone like Jack Crowley, for for example, he three years of of Munster Schools senior rugby. Jack Crowley was sixteen years old when he was in fourth year, but he was acting as um as I think it was scrum half for the Banding Grammar team that got to the 2017 Munster School Senior Cup final against against Prez, semi-final against Prez that year, sorry. So that was a what an what an experience, what an environment to put a, a young 16-year-old into. And Jack Crowley, he could have sank or swam, and he obviously swam because he just has that something. He has that X factor. So that's why I cut up with George Bradfield. And that's what this week's last word column in Thursday Southern Star is about, is how Banding Grammar has played a role in developing these players and how the school approaches rugby and the coaches involved. And even go back to Regis Sonnet, he was the coach who was, who was um, who worked as a full-time coach with Bandon Grammar and Bandon Rugby for a couple of years between 2016 and 2018. And was, his influence is still there in the school and how they uh, approach approach and teaching their, their students and how they approach the rugby in the school. So it's quite an interesting read. I won't give too much away, just to say, pick up Torres' Southern Star, Go to the back page of the Star Sports section, which is obviously the first section of the stars of the sport of the Southern Star, sorry, that people should go for every every week. And you can read more about Bending Grammar's influence on Ireland Rugby Internationals. Okay, Kieran. Lastly, this week, you have once again displayed your other worldly knack for unearthing a West Cork connection to just about any sports story the world over. So, go on. What can you tell us about MMA fighter Brendan Lochnan? I'm going to go back to last week first. And in, in, in last week's Southern Star, I claimed Waterford rugby man Jack O'Donoghue as an honorary West Cork man. Um, so, I was trying to bring Jack O'Donoghue into the West Cork Mafia because his father, Nealis, is a is an Inneskeen man and, and Jack has a lot of uncles still living around Inneskeen. So, I've been at it for years. I think people on Twitter know what I'm like. If there's a West Cork link, I claimed him as a West Cork person. Look at Patrick Harrington. He's a West Cork man. His father's from Barry. So he's a he's a he's a West Cork man. And I think it's a link. Um it, it, it's just great for West Cork sport. And I think it just shows the genes in West Cork are so strong because so many people who have who have had who've left this 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 great and wonderful land have gone on to achieve so much. So Brendan Lachnan, an, an MMA fighter who had a huge win in New York the weekend. Uh, he won the PFL um, featherweight title and a million dollars in prize money. So it was quite a good weekend for, for the Manchester men, Brendan Lachnan. But Brendan is also close links to West Cork and right back to the village of Bally de Hob. So I'm not going to give too much away about the link because it's in Torres' Southern Star and the, our listeners here can just rush through the sports section to see what is this link? What links Brendan Lachnan to Benny de Hobb? Well, it's in it's in the sports pages of Thursday Southern Star, but just goes to show the genes in West Cork are so, so strong. Absolutely, Kieran. And uh, as he as Kieran mentioned himself, those stories will be revealed in Thursday Southern Star. Just purchase a copy in shops across West Cork or subscribe online. Just go to www subscribe.southernstar.ie now Kieran you're cutting across me here what have you to tell me I'm just going to add one more thing to this week's podcast because it's not going to make it into this week's star sports section which is gone to bed but Olympic gold medalist Paul O'Donovan is swapping his 
Bowers for his running shoes again, and he's going to be in action at the National Novice Uneven Cross Country Championships that are on this Sunday. So they're going to be on, I have emailed here, in Garan Connor in County Cork. So that's St. Catherine's Athletics Club home ground. And Paul O'Donovan will be putting on Lee Vale Athletic Club colours and he'll be running in the six kilometre men's race. So that's a good one. Paul O'Donovan, he's done it before. He's um he's he's ran for Lee Vale in the cross country season last year. So he's in action at the, the National Novice Cross Country Championships on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see how Paul, such a such a hero on water, how he gets on and land. I'm sure he'll do pretty okay knowing him as we do. Now, our first guest on this week's podcast is a dual player and a St. Columns club woman, and her name is Libby Coppinger. And on Saturday evening, she was named a Camogie All-Star for the very first time. She was one of four Cork players named on the All-Star team out of 10 nominations. And Kieran, there was also a member of the Corsi Rovers Camogie team uh, named on the panel as well. So tell us more about Libby's achievement and the other Cork players that were picked. Yeah, so four Cork Camogie players are named on the PWC 2022 All-Stars uh, selection with Katrina Mackey and Ashley Thompson from outside of West Cork. But flying the West Cork flag are Corsi Rovers, Saoirse McCarthy and St. Columns, Libby Coppinger. So huge congrats to both. And it, it, it's a great honour for both of those players. It recognises what great seasons that they had. So for Saoirse first, um, she joined in a very exclusive club of Corsi players who have won All-Star Camogie Awards. And there was only one before her, a Rachel Hannon, who won three, three All-Star Awards before. So Saoirse has taken her place as a wing-back on the 2022 All-Star selection, while Libby Coppinger takes a place in the full-back line after a superb season for Cork. She really was a rock in the Cork team that went all the way to the All-Ireland Final. And on last week's podcast, you would have heard Jim O'Connor, Cork GA royalty, talking about how, how impressed she has been with Libby this season. Um, but if you've read this, the Southern Star this year, the likes of Cork best boss, Matthew Toomey, former manager, Paddy Murray, Kilkenny great, Elaine Aylward, They've all highlighted just how good and influential Libby Coppinger has been. So it's it's great to see Libby Libby's form recognised with an All Star award, and she's also the first ever St Columns GA club person to win an All Star. So that's a bit of club history for Libby. Obviously, go back over the years. Alan O'Connor won a All Ireland with Cork back in twenty ten. He was a superb footballer, but Libby's the first Columns player to win an All Star. So that's a great honour for her and her family and the Coppinger clan who have been so ingrained in St. Columns and especially the Camogie side of the club that was set up in 2009. So I caught up with Libby on Tuesday night to have a chat about her All-Star win and what it means to her. But just for a bit of context, and you'll hear from Libby quite soon, when she found out she won the All-Star, she was on a safari in the Massamari National Reserve in Kenya because she was part of the Plant Planet Games um, uh, trip that was in Kenya for I think it was eight or nine days and Orla Cronin from Inneskeen was on, on that as well and they went over to Kenya with the with the target of planting one million trees over there so we talk about that um, in, in our chat but first off when I cut up with Libby I just wanted to, to find out what it was like to win a Camogie All-Star 
We're now joined on the podcast by West Cork's newest all-star, Libby Covinger of St. Columns. First off, Libby, huge congratulations on your Camogie all-star. But tell us where exactly you were on Saturday night when you heard you had won the all-star. Um, thank you so much. Um, it's kind of still a bit surreal. But um, yeah, we were actually still over in Kenya. We were in Masamari, um, in a safari. So we were... Um, on the last leg of our trip, so um, it was great. It was great to be around so many, um, I suppose, other sports people who had the interest, and then I suppose just be able to ring back home and you know hear the news from them. And yeah, it was just lovely. It was, I suppose, an experience I'll never probably be able to replicate again. Um, but yeah, it was great being. They were all excellent. You know, they really made it a special night when we couldn't be at the actual event itself. But um. Yeah, so kind of it'll be something that <laughs> I'll never be able to replicate. And I was joking at home that not that I'm ever going to win one again, but it might be the trip to be out of the country and in Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> so who who had the honour of breaking the good news to you? So it was mom, my mother, my aunt and my sister were up at it. So I had um, my sister had got the nod if I was lucky enough to get one that she'd go up and accept. Um, so I got a FaceTime off mom. But she was actually very confusing. <laughs> so I knew and was just like so happy. But I was like, is it yes? Is it no? Like, I didn't know. And then she flashed and showed Maggie um, up on stage. So it was great um, to just find out. And yeah, <laughs> kind of, I suppose, just an odd one, but a great one at the same time. There's some brilliant pictures of Maggie up on stage accepting the award and she seems to have had a good time at the award. So had Maggie any good stories for you from the night and how hard was it then to wrestle the All-Star back off Maggie when you got home um, to Kilkill on Monday night? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I haven't actually met her yet because she's um up in college in Cork. So we've obviously talked a bit or whatever, but um yeah, they had a great night. Um, I think she was a little nervous, they were saying last night, just kind of, I suppose, nervous for me and nervous to go up and everything. But um, she did great and she looked gorgeous. So that's the main thing. Um, but yeah, the, the All-Star was waiting for me when I got home last night. So it was lovely. Um, you, actually she had... you actually printed my question. I was thinking, did Maggie take the All-Star to Galway with her? Or, or do you actually have it? Like, when did you see it for the first time and hold it? And um, when I ran, ran arrived back home, I'd say I wasn't home till like eight o'clock last night. I called grandmother first before I made the, <laughs> the five minutes up the road. Um, but yeah, it was on the kitchen table waiting for me. So it was nice. <laughs> that was a nice welcome home gift to get. So that was a nice welcome home gift to get. Exactly. Yeah. No, there's um, it was lovely. I met with a few big hugs as well, which is great. To win an All-Star award, and like I said, you're, you're joining a very exclusive list of West Cork players that won an, an All-Star both in, 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 I suppose, football and camogie. What does it mean to you, Libby? Um, it's it's really surreal, to be honest. Um, But it's something, I guess, I don't even know if you can say you've dreamed of it as a child because the dreams for playing for Cork and winning All-Irelands, but this is just an added bonus. Um, And I guess, like you said, you're kind of I, I'm lucky enough to be amongst the a limited number of players who have one. Um, so I'm not taking that lightly and I'm so honoured um, to have one. And I guess you just kind of have to credit it to all the people who have helped me along the way, my parents, my coaches, you know, anyone who I suppose has done anything for me to help me excel as a player, um, teammates as well. You know, it's not an individual sport where backing each other up, like I wouldn't be there 
without you know my line of defense and all the girls in training and like that so um yeah it's it's massive and I think it still hasn't really hit that I actually am now one of someone who has an all-star um so yeah could, could you sense through this season with Cork Camorgi that you were having one of your best seasons in a Cork jersey because over in the during this the talking to the star this year from from Paddy Murray to Matthew Toomey to Kilkenny Great Elaine Aylward they're all saying that Libby Coppinger has been superb this year but could you feel it yourself in that Cork full back line that you were you're really having one of those really really good seasons um I don't know I suppose looking back you kind of be happy with your performances but going through you're just trying to focus on the next game and the next incredible player you're up against um but I think they like Matthew was very encouraging Davey was very encouraging this year to kind of try and push on um and I suppose encouraged me to be a bit of a leader um back there but at the same time you know I had great people around me the likes of Amy Lee you know I think she always gave me the encouragement to like push on and attack the ball because no matter what happens she's there to help me out if anything goes wrong and the same with the other girls around me um so yeah I, I don't know if I could say I was thinking that at the time you're literally just trying to get through the game and try and get the win um and I suppose perform to the best of your ability but yeah I guess we might have a look back now and see <laughs> um be a bit happier with performances I think last Saturday night was a very proud moment for your club, St. Columns too. You're the, the club's first all-star in men's and women's GAM. Talk to me a small bit about how important St. Columns have been to your development and journey as a, as a player. Um. Yeah, I guess I kind of owe them everything. You know, it started out with them and thankfully I'm still playing with them. Um. Like we, we got a club in 2009. I played a year with the boys before that, but this was where the Camogie career started. Um, and huge credit to everyone who set up the club. I'm going to give a plug to my uncle, who was one of the main people, but there's many more, and I don't want to say name in case I get in trouble for leaving someone out. But um, it's been massive because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to play Komogi in, I suppose, the nearest club would have been in Iskeen. But, you know, when you don't, when I'd only played a year before that, I didn't know how much I loved it. Um, so, yeah, just hugely grateful for them for, pushing and getting a team in St. Columns. Um and then I guess like all our trainers, like my family have been massive. Both my parents, mom, you know, driving me everywhere and my father, I suppose, giving any tips and tricks he can. <laughs> um but yeah, they've just been massive and it's great to have the club in West Cork. I think we'd like to consider ourselves the furthest west um or down south as possible. But um yeah it's excellent. It's just great to have Kamogi there and have the girls I suppose look and see that someone can play from Cork play with Cork from our area and it's, it's not impossible and you just try and encourage them to I suppose drive on and I'm hoping that there's many more years of Kamogi and Columns and I'll be playing with a few of the young ones and they'll be driving me on as much as possible. You mentioned there your your uncle Tony he was one of the I suppose the founding members of St. Columns Camogie that was back was it 2009 was it um like the Coppingers you're like you're so linked with that club over the years so like must be really proud for the whole family like you said you your your mom your sister your aunt up there on on Saturday night so like just for the for the Coppinger clan this is a very proud moment as well yeah definitely I think I have now everyone probably says this but I have some of the best supporters possible they'll follow me all over the country um and like you said they're they're literally the reason I'm playing Komogi because if they hadn't started it I wouldn't be here 
Um, so yeah, I just huge thanks to them for their encouragement and their support the whole time. Um, yeah, it's just thank them the whole time. There, we're proud, I suppose, GA family, and we're all mad about it. So, um, it is just great, and they're very good to follow me wherever. Like this is a like I was saying a huge boost to St. Colmans, but a huge boost to Carberry Camogie as well with Orla Cronin an All Star from in a scheme back in twenty twenty. You know now you Libby as 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 an All Star Camogie player as well, and it's just great to have these role models in Carberry for for young girls, whatever club they are in Carberry, that they can look to yourself or Orla and know that like you've joined the dots from St. Colmans and Kilkenny up to up to Croke Park and to an All Star award. So like for young girls right across the division, they know that they can follow a similar path. Yeah, definitely. It's great. And I suppose Carberry Camogie is massive and I've been lucky to play with them over the last couple of years. And it, it's just great to have that link. And, you know, I think we're proud West Cork women that, it, it, you know, I suppose Camogie is more seen as a kind of city, you know, Camogie isn't as big down here mm-hmm. as maybe football. But it's just great to be able to, I suppose, show the girls again that it, it is possible and kind of give them the encouragement um to keep going but like growing up sure the likes of Jennifer O'Leary and everything like that you know we had plenty role models so it's just it's great to I suppose now be one which still doesn't seem like it's possible but it is if you kind of think about it I'm delighted that if if I can inspire one or two one or two more girls to push on and just believe that they can do it when they're from West Cork it's it's a huge honour you're looking at some of the coaches and people who had such an influence on your on your your Camogie journey and football journey over the years. Um, like you mentioned, Davy and Matthew obviously with Cork this year. But looking at it from a I suppose on, on a on a bigger scale, who are some of the ones that stand out to you that you you really took their advice on board and really had an impact on you, Libby? Um, I guess my first coach has always been my father. <laughs> um, he kind of even from when we were a young age, we were going down to the pitch. He's, you know. He's great to be able to have the right thing to say and, you know, he'll never let the head get too big or let me get too down on myself either. So um, that's been massive. Again, my Uncle Tony has been huge for Camogie, for myself and for Columns. Um, I think a lot of people know now, but Eamon Ryan was massive for me making the step to be able to play with Cork. He kind of gave me the nod originally um, to go for trials and stuff. So without him... God only knows if anything would have ever come of this. I could just be a club player. Um, and then, yeah, like there's probably too many to name and I don't even want to leave someone out, but Potty Murray is another massive one who like has nurtured me over the last few years and like allowed me to play senior, gave me the first nod to, you know, put on the Cork jersey, the Cork senior jersey. Um, and then again, the two guys this year. Um like I've been so lucky to have so many great um, coaches and managers over the years that, yeah, you don't want to give anyone too much credit and not leave someone out. Um, but yeah, well, my father has probably been one of the most, my my parents, obviously, but um, mom grew up in Boston. So she was later coming to the game of not knowing all about the GA. Um, but now she's well engrossed in it, knows everything that there, you need to know. Um yeah, I've been very privileged to have massive influences in my career. 
and, and the Carpenters and St. Cuddams, they've followed you all over the country, both with Camogie and football. And you're one of those those rare players. You're a dual senior player, Livy, and obviously the it's a it's a huge honour for you. And then, but is it tougher now than it was even say five or six years ago to be a dual player, given given the commitments that that you need to give to both um, Camogie and football? Um, yeah, I I don't know. Like it was probably tough the whole time. You're kind of being dragged with both, and you just want to be able to give more time to both. Um, I think the last couple of years, just with the more condensed schedule, I suppose there has been less gap between matches and stuff like that um but we're just lucky that there is such a massive tradition in Cork of dual players and I still have girls well like Hannah Looney and Maeve Callan last year who are doing it as well to make it that bit easier of you know either sorting nights out to train or talking to management or just being in the same boat and having someone who's going through the same thing um whether you're tired or you're feeling just a bit drained or just to know exactly what you're going through. Um, but yeah, like it's it's definitely hard, but we we love it and I can't imagine having to decide between the two. Um and thankfully, like management growing up have been very encouraging to do both and making it possible. So I'm just always very thankful for them. Um yeah, hopefully it'll keep going. It's probably the schedule is getting a bit more condensed, so it is getting I suppose a bit more of a logistical issue, but um, we're hopeful that the organisations will work together and make it as possible, um, for the players who are willing to, um, play both and enjoy both as much as as we do. Before twenty twenty three rolls around the corner, and and it's coming quite soon. I saw the the Cork ladies um the for the football the fixtures were released this week for for the league. Um, what's your plan for the next couple of weeks coming up to Christmas? Can you relax and rest for a small bit, or is it straight back into training? Um, it's not too bad. We're kind of I was lucky. Football have kind of been back the last couple of weeks, but Shane's been good, and he just told me to take that extra little bit of rest because we've had a long year and mm. because both so I think I'm going to get back back into it now in the next week or two um I'm sure we'll still get the bit of time off around Christmas but um you kind of look forward to going back and dread it at the same time because it's always the hardest time of year to be playing in the cold wet rainy and um the tough training sessions but once you're back into it and you're back into the routine it's like no time has passed so um yeah I look forward to getting back and playing with the girls again um but yeah, we haven't picked an actual date to go back with Camogie yet, so we might get a little extra time with that. <laughs> so your first night back with the footballers in Camogie team, are you going to bring the All-Star along just, just to show the rest of them? I know there was three more Cork Camogie players, um, uh, Saoirse McCarthy as well, picking up an All-Star, but are you, are you going to bring your All-Star along just, just to show the rest of them, Libby? <laughs> no, that have one anyway, so they don't need um, reminding of what it looks like. But um, yeah, no, it'll stay perched at home. <laughs> Have you a place in? Have you a special place at home where you keep your all stars and your medals and your kind of your the honors that you've won? Like, have you a little? Is there a little Libby Carpenter shrine at home at the moment, or is is your dad in the process of building one as we speak? <laughs> um, no, I suppose any medals are kind of um tucked away. You always, you know, I suppose have them out when you first get them and you're looking at them and enjoying them, but. And you're going to have to put them away in somewhere safe. I think they could actually be in my father's bedside table at the minute. <laughs> um, and I have no idea where the all star might go. Uh-huh. It'll be uh, 
somewhere nice, I suppose, but um, no idea where yet. Somewhere in the living room, probably. <laughs> it'll take pride of place this Christmas instead of your Christmas tree. It'll be all about Libby's All Star and and well deserved. But people listening to this podcast at the start might have wondered why you were in Kenya when you heard that you um picked you won your All Star. So fill us in on this, Libby. This was plenty, plenty of games, and we'd Orla Cronin and a couple of weeks ago talking about this as well. Um, it's a brilliant initiative where I think 50, 50 players from across the four different codes you went out to Kenya you'd eight, was it seven, eight, nine days out there and a really important cause so fill us in on why you went out and what the trip was like Yeah so I suppose the goal of the trip was just to raise um 10 grand each player um and go out and plant a million trees over the next year so we were lucky enough um to actually do planting while we were over there we visited schools we visited the hospitals we visited so many different communities um and just got to see the massive impact of south africa and border communities and what they're doing over there and how they're helping the people of kenya um like it's it's alan kearns who had the idea to get us all together and he saw how big of an impact um us as collective could have and the awareness we could bring to it and he's a big believer that like songs and music and GA and uh, well sports can bring people together and um we really saw that when we were over there we um like the people of Kenya are just amazing and we like felt the warmth and the welcome from the minute we got there we were greeted with like um song and dance when we got off the airplane we got to see so many villages there was a great turnout for the game that we did the first Sunday we were there um and it was just so lovely to meet the people and I suppose you know show them how what we play at home and how like all of the people that have donated to this have an impact on their lives and how it's going to change you know not only their lives but their children's lives and maybe even their children's children's lives um so yeah just hugely grateful grateful for Alan for allowing me to be a part of it and um we've met some incredible people all of the gang that went over there was 50 players and um you know people from South Africa and the broader communities worldwide um and they were all just incredible and we really got to know each other over the last 10 days um so it was it was something that I'm so delighted to be a part of and um yeah it was it was it was an ex- exceptional experience you said an an, an an incredible experience and if people want to donate you can still donate towards um towards Libby Coventry she's like you said raising 10,000 um each of the players are now trying to raise 10,000 to plant that 1 million trees so if you just pop along to idonate.ie and you search for Libby Coventry her Libby's page will come up there and it's so simple. Just press donate and just give any little bit that you can because all this money is going to such a good cause. So I am um, really, really well done on that, Libby. Really, really great cause. So um, and it's great to hear that you that you did make such such an impact over. And like you said, you'll never ever forget where you were when you learned that you won your first All-Star Award. And I'm saying first because I'm predicting more to come in the future, Libby. No pressure whatsoever. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> But um, I'm I, I'm predicting more. But you've been so so kind with your time because you're 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 just back home from Kenya and you're after making great time for us. So I do really appreciate appreciate this. So huge congratulations again. Thank you very much. Thanks for um your kind words and look. <laughs> we'll see now. We have one, and that's um enough right now. Anyway. <laughs> the Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union. 
funding dreams for over 50 years. The Ballinascarty hurlers enjoyed a very successful season in the year just past, winning the Carberry Junior A title as well as competing in the county semi-final. Matthew Hurley has been catching up with their manager, Joe Ryan, to look back on a memorable season. So after winning his second West Cork title in a row, Banascarty hurlers are on the cusp of wave, really, but they still lost the county semi-final. But overall, a great year for Banascarty hurling, indeed, and a good future lies ahead for them. I'm joined here by their manager, Joe Ryan, just to talk about how he got into management, how Banascarty performed this year, and the hopes for the future with this Banascarty side. I suppose, first of all, Joe, like uh, it was a good enough year for Ban. Yeah, I suppose when you look back on it and the kind of call out of the day, really, it was a great year. You know, any year you win a West Cork, you'd be happy with. Um, and particularly back to back this year was special. Uh, you know, the last team that did it for Bad anyway was 97, 98. And you'd have a lot of um, a lot of sons from you know, that generation, I suppose, in and around the team at the moment. So uh, that was nice to mark it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, and uh, just to win the county title after, or the West Cork title after winning it last year as well. Like, did the players or yourself feel extra pressure before the year even started? Like, a lot of West Cork teams would have been gunning for you, definitely. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say we saw it as a pressure. We kind of saw it as, it was a bit of an incentive for us, to be honest with you. We kind of wanted to prove it and maybe back it up the last few years. You know, the, the lads have played five of the last six finals, I think, um, you know, winning well before this year it was winning two um two out of four so i think they wanted to kind of um back it up a little bit and it was uh we kind of embraced it actually to be honest we want our aim was to get to the west Cork final get back into a west Cork final and kind of see 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 where it takes us yeah exactly and in that west Cork final like you really put aside that uh, newstone team in uh, ross board especially after newstone beating a well fancy clan of the semi-final like yeah that was a brilliant performance yeah, it was very pleasing. You know, the last two years in the finals, they've delivered really against Mary's in 2021 and, and Newsom this year. I think we were, we, we, we had, like the lads had a lot of focus for that game because you saw what Newsom did to Clan. They really kind of shut them down. And then obviously being it being a senior club, albeit their junior team, you know, they'd have a senior mentality and Newsom are probably the, the, I suppose, the standard bearers for dual clubs in West Cork at the moment. So you know, a, a club that we'd like to emulate to some degree um, uh, if we can. But uh, the lads, are, there was a great focus. And we learned a lot of lessons from the Donnie's game as well. You know, we were kind of, albeit lucky, you know, I'd put my hands up and say we we're very lucky in the semi-final to win them penalties. Uh, and Donnie's had a chance to win it in, in normal time. Um, I think that we were disappointed really with the kind of performance and we didn't play to our usual standards. So the lads really wanted to make amends for that. And you mentioned the Donnie's game in the semi-final, and I suppose this is an argument up and down the country, not just in West Cork, about penalty shootouts, the GA, like we see it in Armagh Galway, for example, in the All-Ireland quarter-final, where Armagh lost quite a controversially at the end. And uh, I suppose the ball did get through in the end, but uh, were you four penalty shootouts for the start, or was it kind of uh, draining on the players? It's a strange one, because... It didn't enter our heads like we didn't maybe as a, as a management team it's something we'll learn from but we didn't practice them you know i know a few lads might mess around at the end of training but it, it, like it, 
it's not an ideal way to finish a game, you know, and I know we came up on the right side of it, but um, I don't think anyone would really, you know, we take a replay or you take a longer period of extra time or something, uh, albeit it might be tough on the bodies, but um, we didn't really know how to react. I mean, to be fair, the players kind of took ownership of it. Um, we were without Jeremy uh, for the penalties, uh, which, you know, we were very lucky, really, because we, we he was injured and we took him off and we were kind of humming and hawing about, uh, about potential penalties. And, but uh, the lads stepped up and Dara, really, the, Dara Hennessy, the goalkeeper, really stepped up that night. I suppose going into the county semi-final, uh, quarter-final as well against uh, Valley Rovers, like, uh, especially after losing the Passage West last year, was it important just to win that first county game to gain a bit of confidence? Yeah, it was important to keep momentum going. You know, we were training very well. Uh, the lads were, the attitude was brilliant and the, the effort, you know, the, we, I could never fault their effort this year. Um, the, the Passage game, like, to be honest, haunted me this year. Um, I, we really didn't uh, play to, to, to our ability. And uh, even, we may have still lost the game, but we just didn't turn up uh, for whatever reason. And that was a big incentive for us this year um, to kind of, no matter how it ended this year, it was kind of, we were going to go out, go out swinging, you know, um, and, and uh, really kind of atone for last year. And getting to the county semi-final, like uh, you mentioned in the sort of the start that uh, look, Kilshanig were the better team on the day and uh, yeah, Kilshanig deserved to win the game, but she still got within three points of them and they're a pretty good side, Kilshanig beating Drumtar for the quarterfinal. So are you proud of the players of the way, with the way they performed? Oh, very proud. Yeah, you, you have to be. I mean, proud of the whole year, really. I mean, genuinely now the players, uh, we couldn't have asked for more from them this year. Uh, their attitude is excellent and they, they drove it themselves and Vince, Vince Harley, the, the coach as well, like he drove it as well, you know, so I, I think we can, I can have no complaints of the Kilchanik game. Kilchanik were a very good team and they were better than us, you know, that's that's just the way it is. Uh, we probably didn't help ourselves in some regards. We kind of fell back on a few things that we did in, in the, the semi-final against Donnie's, you know, we, we played their sweeper a lot. Um, maybe didn't look up at times when we should have. But in saying that, I don't think it would have made any difference to scoring. The three points was flattering for us at the end. You know, we, we finished well. Now, in saying that, the lads stuck with it. We had a very bad start. We were 5-0 down after 15 minutes. The rest of the game, we actually, I think we won 1-9 to 10 or something like that. So, so they battled on. They, or I thought our backs actually played very well. Their backs played really well. Uh, you know, they, they curtailed uh, Ben and Brian, uh, which isn't always done. Um, but I, I can't have any complaints, really. You, know. you mentioned Ben and Brian there, like uh, two excellent forwards. Ben, obviously a former Leach Winter County hurler, played at Crow Park himself in a national final. Brian is an excellent uh, hurler himself as well. Did very well in the West Coast Championship, especially last year as well. So how important was to have two live wires on the team for this season? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Two, um, I suppose, Ben maybe more so a little bit, but two target men as well that like you know that okay if you're under pressure uh they'll they could conjure something out of anything and if there's an opportunity for a goal in particular you know i'd back them you know um ben was a huge addition back to us this year not alone just from a hurling ability but just kind of his attitude to training and things like that um himself and luke there his brother as well uh they're kind of really the standard bearers and they push it um, and when they talk people listen you know so um uh, but it's 
like they were they were it goes back to Kilshanig again in that how good they were and that they marshaled them you know marshaled them very well um so uh, again hats off to them and even looking at the young players of the team around it, like James O'Brien, I know he didn't play in the Kilshannon game. There's a few others around the team as well, Aaron Ryan off the bench. There was a few very good young players around the team. And added to the fact Owen Gales under 19 winning the uh, West 1 title as well over Lewistown recently. Does this bode well for the future of Bandascartes? Because there's very good hurlers coming up. Uh, yeah, I suppose it does. We, we've, we're in a lucky position at the moment in that we, we seem to have numbers. Right, and I think maybe stems a little bit from COVID and lads kind of coming back and maybe settling and, and getting jobs and things like that. Um, so from that regard, we have numbers at the moment, but that doesn't necessarily equate to success. The under-19s had a great win uh, against New System. Anytime, again, I mentioned New System being the standard bearers, you know, you really have to play well to beat them. And uh, of course, like it's an amalgamation with with uh, Plunkets as well. So. Uh, you know, when you have Darren McCarthy and Kieran Hurley on the team, you're going to do well. James O'Brien was very unlucky, had a great game in that final, and I think maybe the last puck of the game or something like that, he fell awkwardly on his hand and broke his hand. So he was out for us, and he had done very well this year in, in cornerback and had covered maybe sweeper and wingback at times for us as well. But, you know, yeah, there's like there's Aaron, you've Colin O'Brien coming up, Owen Driscoll, very good player. Uh, Connell this year, Connell Conan, who was our centre forward, he kind of came into his own. Um, maybe it kind of fell out of form mid-season, but again, just showed he kind of stuck with it, worked very hard. And um, they, yeah, like very proud of all of them, really. And I know at the start of the year as well, uh, the team had a couple of injuries, a couple of key injuries at the start of the season, and then uh, the younger players rising to the challenge as well. So, like looking ahead to next year, does that really bode well? Looking at the talent all over the team, and it kind of makes a job harder for you as well to pick the team. Yeah, it's it's certainly uh, uh, difficult to to pick, and you don't like having those conversations with lads. But um, I, I think we had Chris Ryan and, and Paul Conlan were the two big injuries for us this year, out for the season. Massive players for us, like huge. You know, in terms of if you're looking at the Kilchannon game the last day there now. We kind of had to rejuggle the team because of it, and it maybe caught up with us a little bit missing them. But other lads stepped up. Um, same next year, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be lads on holidays. There's going to be different things kind of crop up. So it's just whether or not lads take the opportunity and step up. And we've been lucky so far that the, I suppose, the lads that came on this year, we actually started the 2021 final. I'm sorry, we started the final this year with seven different starters from the 2021 final. So that just goes to show that if there's not opportunity given lads or take it um so yeah look, it will start afresh um it's going to be very difficult after winning back-to-back titles um and i suppose maybe not pushing on in the county as we'd have hoped to but yeah that's, that's what it's all about really i suppose what uh looking back to yourself as well like uh, how did you get into management in the first place because um w- did you play uh, formally or uh, did you just go into management straight away uh, I played on Rage, really, you know, I didn't do a whole pile um, uh, at adult level. I was uh, in college in Dublin first, and then I was in Scotland. So I think uh, the further away I was, I was kind of lumped into gold for a couple of years um, and uh, like didn't mind it, I suppose, because I was still involved and uh, wasn't really involved the last few years, but had moved back home. Um, so was was eager to kind of maybe help out. 
uh, it kind of came about myself and Brian Murphy um, were tasked with finding a, a management team and a kind of a coaching setup and we we kind of uh, took it on ourselves really and then when we got involved and, and Vince Hurley then um, from Corsi's came in as well so um, that's been essentially the, the management team with, with Jackine then as our as our resident logistics and psychologist so um, yeah <laughs> Uh, that's been it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was. It definitely wasn't something in my mind. I was. I've no very little experience in it. I would have maybe coached a few under fourteen, under sixteen teams um, prior to that. But uh, no, well, definitely kind of learning on the job, um, but enjoying it. You know, they're a great group to be involved with, so that's uh, very enjoyable. And do you find uh, you're learning more as you go with each year that comes? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I, even again referencing the passage game you know that the, what we learned from that game alone uh, was huge taking into this year uh, and there's you know there's different aspects of kind of maybe man management this year as well that I probably wouldn't have maybe thought of last year as such uh, and, and and kind of dealing with lads uh, more of an, on an individual level um, uh, and then there's just logistics of kind of just organizing things as well but like the you know Ursula Hennessy their secretary is brilliant um and we obviously had from yourself this year which was much and last year which was much appreciated and Andrew Flynn so it's a team effort um and uh it's it's, it's a very enjoyable setup to to be involved in to be honest with you I wasn't at no point in the last two years that I find it um onerous or kind of uh or anything like that and obviously, uh, your your brother is um, one of the key players for Bandascartes. Happens to be the free taker of the team, Jeremy, excellent player himself. So, what's it like to manage your brother? Does it get awkward? Uh, I wouldn't say it's awkward. No, it's it's funny. Uh, a lot of people have kind of asked me that, all right? But um, we'd be fairly honest with each other, you know. And like, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to to stand over Jeremy watching him freeze and, and give him pointers on it. You know, he's he's been doing it for. You know 12 or 13 years um and he's been well, much longer than that in, in an underage as well so uh it's just about i suppose um again maybe coming out to a bit of man management as well we wouldn't necessarily it's it's not something that uh, even at home we'd probably talk about that much to be honest with you um but uh no it's very again it, it adds to it for me i i wouldn't um it, it wouldn't be a thing that i'd find a burden at all or or, or necessarily a pressure uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy I enjoy spending time with them, and uh, and GA brings us uh, has the ability of bringing kind of families and things closer together, I suppose as well. So, um, uh, you, you know, he might answer that very differently to me, but um, I, I I actually really enjoy it. Yeah. And as well as that, uh, your father, Jory, is an excellent coach himself, a brilliant manager himself as well. So uh, I suppose he gives you tips on uh, managing a team as well. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, there's no fear of him uh, giving uh, tips on, on, on certain things. But again, it's great. Like, I mean, like he, the, the, the wealth of experience he has as well, you know, it would be pretty foolish of me to, to ignore it. So, um, and he'd have different uh, views on on teams and stuff like that. So uh, he's like from a from a player point of view and a management management point of view, uh, he's probably done and achieved uh, as much as you, know, you could you could nearly achieve really. So um, 
uh, again, it, and it's it's a part of it that's just enjoyable. You know, uh, it, it would be a topic of a conversation at home for us. Um, it can get a bit heated at times, but that's, that's the nature of it. That's GA, and that's why it's important, I suppose. And uh, finally, I suppose, just looking ahead to next year, like uh, Ball going for a three row of uh, Florida Irons, uh, can the team do it? Are they hungry to do it? Um, it's difficult, you know. Every team, you ask any player or any manager, do they want to win? And every single person will say yes. You know, so a lot has to go right. Uh, a lot has to fall into place. Um, I'm not too sure. There will be injuries. There will be lads going on holidays and things like that. So um, you're just hoping that there is the hunger there. You're hoping that they're, that they're uh, as much as anything, enjoying it. Because if they're not enjoying it, uh, then the want and the desire it just won't be there, you know, it's kind of pointless. So, um, as I said, we're probably in a good group at the moment, numbers wise. And I, I would, I suppose I'd be, we're mindful that that's not always the case in small clubs like ours, you know, ultimately it's survival really. And you look at the issues that are happening as well, and they're, they're necessary, you know, for teams to, for clubs to survive. So, um, I would, I would hope that the this group of players um, kind of achieve as much as they can while they can, really, you know. 100%. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to see if they win the short flyer nine in a row. We'll have to see a brilliant ball team at the moment, uh, definitely. suppose uh, we'll have to leave it there, Joe. Thanks very much for uh, coming on to the podcast and uh, wish you the best of luck for next season. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Okay, Kieran. now before we wrap up, we're of course going to take an opportunity to preview this week's Southern Star Sports section. You already teased the bag a little bit in the earlier part of the show. What else can readers look forward to? So we have interviews with our two latest Camogie All-Stars, Saoirse McCarthy and Libby Covinger. We also caught up with John O'Donovan. He's the young Artfield soccer star who was named the FAI School's International Footballer of the Year for 2022, which is a huge honour for, for John, a former student of Clannacilty Community College. And he's he's flying the, the soccer flag in West Cork and he's in with the, the, the Cork City under-19s. So I have, a, I have a nice chat with him. And I also caught up with Ryan O'Donovan, Ivan Gale's match-winning hero from the recent Carberry Under-21A football final for a fun Q&A where, among other things, I ask him to pick two Ivan Gale's teammates to hop into an Irish lightweight four alongside Paula Donovan and Fintan McCarthy. So, as always, the Southern Star Sport is asking the questions that matter. As well as that, we've um, photos from the West Cork LGFA Player of the Match Awards that were held in the Celtic Ross last Friday night. So, Big night for the West Cork LGFA. We have a page of pictures this week. We'll have another page of pictures next week. So check out this Thursday Southern Star to see if the picture of the person you know who won the award got in. Also, the Kilmarie footballers are true to the Munster Junior Club football final and they'll place play Fossa in that final. So they'll have the little matter of trying to stop the two Cliffords, Paddy and David. Also, one of the final, one of the final finals of the Carby GA and Calendar was played on Monday night when Donnie's took on Clannacilty in the junior CD football final. And it was a win for the for the Donnie's men. And this is always a great game, Jack, because what you have, it's junior CD. So you've a mixture of the elder statesmen 
and the young guns and they all come together and it's just always a very very entertaining game so 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 that's in there and also we can't forget um full page two on the big Munster Junior League rugby derby last weekend when Bandon took on Skibbereen at Old Chapel and it was a resounding win for Bandon so we've a match report and pictures from that Bandon are on a roll right now they're joined top of the Munster Junior League section A and they've been, I think that's four wins in a row in that so that's in Thursday's Southern Star. So there's a hell of a lot more as well. So really worth checking out. Yeah. And as we always say every week, if you can't make it to the shops for whatever reason, you can subscribe to the Southern Star digital edition online. Just go to www.subscribe.southernstar.ie or www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. And, subs- and you can read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet or smartphone for less than two euro per week thanks for listening to the star sport podcast this week and thanks as well to our producer dylan mangan and our reporter matthew hurley if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube or wherever you get your podcasts slant